GameZillaMedia.com It's time for the last action podcast. Widespread investigation of reports from funeral homes, morgues, and hospitals has concluded that the unburied dead are coming back to life and seeking human victims. Listen to them, children of the night. What music they make. All right, welcome everybody. Welcome back to this episode of, well, Nightmare on Last Action Podcast, uh, apparently is what we called it last year. I couldn't remember. We couldn't remember. No, we couldn't. But, uh, but then I looked it back up, and, and, and there we are. So we're back. Nightmare <laughs> on Last Action Podcast. What a name is so mediocre that <laughs> 12 months later you've already forgotten it I I guess maybe we didn't maybe we didn't really dig deep enough with naming this. but I do remember us bouncing back and forth on names but apparently uh, <laughs> this one still didn't stick particularly well N- no nope apparently it didn't well do you know what is sticking particularly well in my brain right now the grotesque film we just viewed yes so this week we saw the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974. Yep. Which, crazy in comparison, and you made the note of it when we were watching it, that this is only, was it six years removed? Six or seven, yeah. Yeah, from Nightmare, or from uh, Night of the Living Dead that we saw. Which was an extreme film at its time, and then you jump less than a decade later into the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is, still in 2020, an uncomfortable film to watch. I, that's a perfect term. I mean, the the movie is unsettling. Like, yeah. I am emotionally, like, I was at a loss for words when this movie ended. Because I just didn't, I'm like, what what the fuck just happened this last, like, 20 minutes of this movie? Yeah. So, I, I guess, you know, in all honesty, like, you know, I, I bounce back to this almost every year. But when we first began this this adventure of doing horror movies in October, you know, I always have mentioned that I, I was always looking for something to, to scare me, right? Like, I was looking for that kind of thrill. And, you know, we've seen a lot of movies now, a lot of classic movies. And, you know, there are elements of it here and there and whatnot. But uh, hands down, this movie has made me the most uncomfortable and the most unsettled. Like... For what I observe, like I am, like well, you just said it before. I, like I'm, I'm uncomfortable. You're shook. You're a I am kind of shook. Yeah. Like I didn't think a movie was gonna do this for me at this point, but this one has has really left me in, in a weird spot. One that I don't usually actually. You know, the last time I acted this way was seeing Joker. Have you seen Joker? J- Joker leaves you feeling unsettled and it makes you feel bad because you know that there are people a ton of people in our world that we dismiss and treat so poorly because they are depressed or they're uh different or they struggle with a serious mental illness like those are the people our society throws away and that movie was a big commentary on that and that you know that you felt bad leaving it. Yeah, like, I, I saw that movie with our pal Chops, and him and I, we just text each other throughout the day, like, checking out each other, like, you all right? Because we were in such horrible moods after this. Like, I feel like this is going to be my day tomorrow. Like, not not same themes that we saw in Joker, but the same level of, 
Oh God, what did I just watch? Uh, the last, Shock value. Yeah, the last time I really remember a movie sticking in my head the next day was when you and I watched Shining, because mm-hmm. that was my first time viewing Shining last year. Yeah. I remember the next day, I think you and I were messaging a little bit. I was like, dude, I was thinking about this at like 4 a.m. last night. <laughs> yeah. Not that I couldn't sleep. I was just up and it, it, the carpet was in my head. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know how I'm going to sleep tonight, to be honest, because yeah. I... I, I knew going into this movie, like just hearing stories of, of people that have seen it, that it was, you know, intense. It was gory. Mm-hmm. But the way I was really thinking about it was it was like gory, like some of these other movies we've seen, like in Nightmare on Elm Street, um, Friday the 13th, Halloween, which I mean, there's gore there, but not to a huge level. But I feel like this one just kind of blew those other ones out of the water for that shock value, I guess. Which, that could just be my own feeling on it. Yeah. You know, you were obviously a much deeper person with the horror movies. So, the, it's... I think if if you actually think about what we saw violent-wise when it comes to the gore. Mm-hmm. Talking about knives in, in bodies, yeah. limbs being detached, that sort of stuff. The actual acts of violence don't have a lot of gore in them. Yeah. What you see is the the environment around the violence and the the makes it so unsettling and the acts of violence are more realistic. But, you know, there, we saw we didn't see anyone get their like throat eaten like like a, you know, like yeah. in a zombie where someone like bites into it and is ripping flesh. You don't really see that. You're seeing someone smack someone over the head with a mallet and you hear a mush sound and then their body's being dragged into a room full of bones and someone's stuffed in a cooler. You're seeing that stuff. And because it's presented in a more realistic way, that's what I think sticks with you because, you know, we could watch, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street where, you know, again, someone's getting ripped through a bed and blood shooting all over the walls. You don't see that here, but the violence is so much closer to real violence in this movie. I think that's a great articulation of what, what I, I have in my head that I'm not getting out. Is You're right. I think it is those other movies are more sci-fi-y, I guess. So it doesn't quite have that realism that is that is portrayed in this film. And, and you're right. I think you're right. There's not a ton of gore that you necessarily see, but the atmosphere and the settings make it haunting what you're observing. So... It's something that I've always thought about. I'm drinking a beer. Yeah. This is how the movie's got me. <laughs> it's got, got to calm the nerves. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always been a, an ability for me to separate fictional violence from real violence. Mm-hmm. And that line, that area I have trouble with, I don't really watch war movies that don't have star in the name. Okay. <laughs> if it's not Star Wars, <laughs> because there's something about like... Those are real horrors. Yeah. Like we, uh, I watched the one. Um, was Andrew Garfield in a war movie that came out a couple years ago? Maybe. Yeah, I think that was Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge. I saw Hacksaw Ridge and mm-hmm. watching nineteen-year-old kids in World War One or whatever get yeah. bullets through their helmets through their brain. Yeah. Was unsettling to me because that happened to thousands of American young men a hundred years ago. And, like, the the horrors of... I, I don't watch war movies. I find them uncomfortable to watch. But Texas Chainsaw, yeah, it's uncomfortable. But th- there is that distinction of the, the difference. Like, once we move into the actual realism of war violence, I have a hard time watching it. Yeah. 
So, so this was that threshold for you where Jason Voorhees with a machete mm-hmm. is fine for you. But when we cross over to Leatherface with a with a hammer and you hear that squish sound opposed to Jason clean cutting someone's head off with one side of a machete, <laughs> yeah. the realism, the way that changes affected you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the director is, is it Tom Hooper? Is that right? So this is where we need to bring this part of the conversation. Up. Okay, because I feel like this name has come up before. But I'm gonna leave it to you. This is this was this movie was uh, created and directed by Toby Hooper. Okay, Toby. Uh, this is probably uh, the movie he is the most well known for. Uh-huh. Um, he also directed, did not produce, but directed that bullshit Poltergeist movie you made oh. me watch, and I hate that movie. <laughs> that is where we saw the name. He so that was the thing. The whole time we're watching Poltergeist, it's like such a big jump from the guy that made the grotesque. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre to like this silly cartoon garbage poltergeist Come on. movie. Poltergeist was great. Poltergeist was one of the worst <laughs> large budget horror movies I've ever seen in my entire life. The only good part of the movie is when they were in that pool. Listen, we already did that episode, all right? Yeah, go back and listen to it. <laughs> the movie was trash. Okay, so that's where he came from. So that is interesting because this is such a steer. In the other direction. But this one would have been first, right? Yeah, by a yeah. decade at least. Okay, Poltergeist was in the 80s. Because remember. When did E.T. come out? Because Poltergeist was 82. Same... That's right. Okay. They, Spielberg was working on both at the same time or whatever. That's why he couldn't direct or right. wasn't supposed to be directly involved with what was happening in Poltergeist. We did talk about that, yeah. Okay. So, all right. So, do you know, did he do the other Texas Chainsaws or not sure? He's the creator of this. I don't think he had... He might have done two. Okay. Because I saw, yeah, he wrote and directed and I think co-produced this. Yeah, I think he's had some involvement, but the first one was really his movie. And then from there, the series has taken a lot of twists and turns and changes and been not great. And this one also had a really low budget. It's it's mm-hmm. saying, you know, at least online, it's it's somewhere around $140,000, which in today's money is only about 700000 But the thing made $31 million in the box office. Yeah. I mean, that's insane profit for, for this film. So, crazy. And then, you know, I think we should also bring it up, because I asked this question when we were watching the movie. I asked you, you know, is this considered a slasher film? So do you want to... Talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, so we talk a lot. You and I are both music fans. Yep. So one of the things that there's a big crossover between music and movies is how people can really nitpick genres and subgenres. And yep. and with the horror, it's super true. And I'm a big metal fan. With metal, it's like egregious how, how micro... Um, Nuance people try to get with genres, and I think when we talk when we talk about slasher movies and is uh, is Texas Chainsaw Massacre a slasher? And a lot of people would say yes. I tend to not be in the camp of agreeing, um, and uh, you know I, we've probably talked about this in other episodes. I did take a horror movie study class with a guy who legitimately had a PhD in horror movie like history, <laughs> yeah. um, and so I, I, I am gleaning this from his teachings. Um, that he referred to this Texas Chainsaw as falling into a category of films that he referred to as American Gothic. Now, I haven't done any further research on my own to, you know, really like dive down like what that could be. But with a slasher movie, it's usually like teenage sexed up teenage kids in their environment being stalked by typically like a faceless killer mm-hmm. in a mask. You're trying to figure out the motive of the killer the whole time. 
in Texas Chainsaw. Um, again, this is, I guess, our first real spoiler of the movie. So yeah. if you're listening to this, you probably aren't really worried about the spoilers. But in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yes, you encounter Leatherface the killer. But it's the kid sort of stumbling into like a haunted house type situation. Like they end up stranded. And then all of a sudden, here's this killer. But Leatherface is accompanied by his psychotic family that helps um, with with the murders of, of these kids. Mm-hmm. So the the American Gothic part falls into it is these people have stumbled, stumbled into the dark part of America. They've stumbled into the underbelly, this, this, this dark place that... Typically, when you think of the United States, you don't think about that this could be out there somewhere. Again, like Hills Have Eyes could kind of fall into this category. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe a little bit. Um, la- you know, Last House on the Left kind of has some of those vibes to it. Um, the one that I think most tightly aso- I associate with the genre and its tie-in to Texas Chainsaw is House of a Thousand Corpses. But I'm sure if you ask Rob Zombie, he would tell you, yeah, uh, obviously I was going for a Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibe with this movie. Yeah. So, uh they're, the fact that there's a, a crazy murderous killer killing teenagers, if you want to call that enough to be considered a slasher, great. Um, I'm not going to sit here and argue about it on, on the nuances of it, but to me, kind of not. I don't, I don't lump. I lump it. I call it like slasher adjacent. Yeah. I guess is kind of where I would where I'd put it if someone really wanted to nitpick. Okay. Yeah. So, I guess we can get into the movie a little bit more since since you kind of started it off. So. Yeah, I mean the the first thing I thought was interesting is that it, that it was the family that was behind all of it, but then we don't really find out their motive. Mm-hmm. That the movie gives no, like you said, no backstory. Like we find that out with Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth and those type of slashers and, and even Halloween. Like why did Michael Myers become who he is and all that other stuff? Uh, there's none of that context here, which. I don't think takes away for what the movie's trying to do. Like, in all honesty, it would probably almost seem out of place with how the movie played out. Yeah. And it, it kind of left me guessing, trying to figure out, all right, who is going to be the villain here, right? Because, again, with me, not... Like, I didn't even know Leatherface, right? Leatherface. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that that was the, the, the famous name of the killer. Yeah. So, in the beginning, when, when we've got the kids in the in the van and they pick up that hitchhiker. Like I thought that was going to be the killer, right? Like he escaped. He left that kind of like Zodiac sign, I guess, and blood on the side of the van. So I'm thinking, all right, this guy's going to come back. He's going to probably be it. Well then, you know, they stop at the gas station and then there's the creepy old man there. So I'm like, all right, maybe it's going to be this guy. Right. So he tells them about the house. They're visiting some other house to find gas. He's probably connected. But then, as it turns out, the guy is completely different from those two in terms of being the killer. But they're obviously all working together as a creepy-ass fucking family. Yeah. Because then, Grandpa is there, too. (laughs) Which, I didn't fucking see that happening. Like, you and I, I, you didn't remember, but we, we thought Grandpa was dead. But, fuck no, he was not dead, as we find out. So the, the I've seen several of the Texas Chainsaw movies. Yeah. This was in my mind the first full sitting I did of this movie. I've sat down okay. and watched chunks of it. I think this was my first beginning to end viewing of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So yeah, I thought Grandpa was a dead body. No, <laughs> Grandpa's like just this like looks like a dead body, not a dead body. And again, that's you know kind of maybe you know like a supernatural element. Like it adds yeah. so many questions to what's happening with this family. 
Yeah, and, and when it comes to setting as well, I think the... So I guess I'll say this, because I mentioned it to us when we were watching it. The movie started off rough. Like it's I, slow. It was yeah. a slow burn. Real slow burn. I mean, it was almost 40 minutes that there really wasn't a whole lot happening. Like the biggest action scene was um, the brother, whose name is escaping me at the moment, but the brother of Leather... Face, leather face or leather head? He came on saying leather head. Leather face. Leather face. Um, you know, he he cuts uh was it Franklin Francis? Dude, Franklin was our dude. Okay. So Frankie or whatever. Let's hop back real quick All and right. just set up. So the movie starts, we have a van full of kids on some sort of vacation. By kids I mean twenty somethings. Yeah. You know, your typical horror movie youth. Mm-hmm. Um, you got a couple guys, a couple girls, and as they say in the the spooky like intro, like they have te- you know voiceover text at the beginning, just talk. This is a true. These are true events that happened to teenagers in the nineteen seventies in Texas. You know, um, they refer to you know this one you know such and such girl and her invalid brother. Like, <laughs> And Franklin is our man in a wheelchair. Yeah, he's like so paraplegic. Like, yes. Yeah. So like it's bad enough that like you're in a horror movie and you have to deal with like murderers, but like Franklin's an anxious, crippled guy. And, and they're a total dick to him throughout the movie. Like they are not nice to him. No. No, at one point they go inside like an abandoned house and they just leave Franklin outside. That place isn't handicap accessible. He's like trying to waddle through like piles of garbage in his wheelchair. I was like, this is the most savage thing that's gonna happen in this movie is them leaving Franklin outside in the heat. It's Texas heat. They already established ten minutes earlier that it's hot as hell. And they're leaving Franklin, a guy in a wheelchair, just out to cook. And he's even screaming. He's like, help me, help me. No one's fucking coming to his rescue. No, he's nothing. leaving his ass. Nothing. Man, fuck Texas, by the way. <laughs> if they're watching this movie, I've been to Texas once. I don't think I'm ever going again. Because we, you know, we say this is an American gothic horror and this is the, the underbelly of American society. Do we know how many Texans really act this way in real life? I don't know. You well, know? A couple... <laughs> Two, two, two thoughts to piggyback off that. One, the most unrealistic thing about this entire film is that these are teenagers, these are young people in Texas, and not one of them had a gun. This yeah. is Texas. Doesn't everyone have a gun? And the other thing is, I used to live in a slightly more rural place than here, where when I worked at a radio station, it was a modular building in a cornfield, not luxurious. And I had to leave late at night sometimes, and I was always like, number one fear, opening that door getting hit over the head with a shovel and butt raped by a hillbilly. Like, and I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre is what put that idea in my head that, like, there's just hillbillies out there, like, trying to butt rape me. Like, it, it's, it was a very real concern. Like, Leatherface. Like, all of a sudden, it's just some dude, like, with a mallet over my head. And before you know it, my pants are gone and I'm defiled. Yeah, I, I would disagree with you, but I can't. You can't, so that's why. I, I, I cannot. That's why we, that's why we don't go to the PAX conference in, in Texas, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, so the kids, you know, that they they visit. It's like an old childhood house or a grandparents' house, whatever. It doesn't really matter a whole lot. And so you know, they get to this house, um, and they're looking like they had to stop at the gas station for gas. But again, the old man who becomes the father says he doesn't have any. Come back later. So. They see a house in the distance because they're going to go swimming. And they think it's a brilliant idea to just walk into this house. There's a generator on, which I think that's also a good point we can bring up real quick before we continue the story any further because there's not much story left. 
it is the sounds in this movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's very, there's like no score. There's very little music, and if there is music, it's like the radio playing or whatever it may be. But I think that that actually adds a great dimension to the film because you're just focusing in on the sounds of what is going on. So like that generator just keeps playing in that background. You just keep hearing it over and over again. And it just helps create that spookiness yeah. that you're that you're getting from this film. So it's it's definitely a less is more. Yeah. And again, I don't like using my air compressor to fill up my tires in the dark because, you know, air compressor's running, boom, all you, all of a sudden, you know, mallet to the back of the head. <laughs> Luckily I don't I don't live in the field in a cornfield anymore, but yeah. It, it, it adds that, you know, I guess I'm mentally scarred from, from this film. Yeah, and like the sounds of the bones that they were doing yeah. too, just creepiness that's happening there, right? So we, you know, it's it's one of the couples comes into this house. The, the boy goes in first and just out of nowhere, like you said, it's that squish. It's it's a squish sound. It's our as man. that hammer just yeah. knocks him over the head. Leatherface makes pig sounds. And they're just... Like a mallet to the head. Yeah, the pig drop. sounds. Like yeah. the, the hog sounds is another great example of these sounds that are just terrifying throughout the film. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then we see the first glimpse of one of the iconic things about the Texas Chainsaw series. is So Leatherface smashes this dude over the head with a mallet, mm-hmm. grabs his body, like pulls it into a room, and then you hear just wham is this metal door slam shut. There's something so unnerving about a metal door slamming shut in someone's house like why is that door there it's it's one of those things you talk about the sound reinforcement to make things uncomfortable and that's just one of the small details in this movie that leaves an impression yeah and then we've got the girl she decides to run into the house which again why why do why do you just go into a house i don't get it but anyway you get what's coming to you Mm -hmm. because then she gets picked up and grabbed and then you also get that that sound in that moment where he puts her into the meat hook, yeah. right? And she's just sitting on there just screaming. Again, like you don't see blood, but it's the sound of her body going to that hook. It's just, ugh, to the stomach. And then we see the chainsaw come out. Mm-hmm. But nothing happens really with the chainsaw. So it seems like he's about to engage and chopping off parts Mm -hmm. but it actually doesn't happen so this is also where i mentioned the film i'm like we're 40 minutes into this movie you know i think of this movie the texas chainsaw massacre there's no texas chainsaw massacre and going on yet i mean he's killing them but he's doing it with other weapons not the chainsaw so i was a little bit like the the title's kind of deceiving and you know in this way to start off so i was still at this point i was like "Eh." like i'm still wasn't fully feeling this film um and then we have, uh, after that, it's the second. No, it's just the one of the guys. Yeah. Another guy goes to check up what's going on. Stumbles into the house. Stumbles into the house again. You know, he gets the the shot where the girl who's still alive, which now thinking about it, we never find out what happens to her. But the girl that w- was still alive that was in the meat hook, she like pops out of the freezer. Yeah. And then he also gets... Okay, so this is, let, let me set this up. Let me set this up. So he he like he, all of a sudden this girl pops out of a freezer and she's like screaming like oh my oh. goodness there was a girl in a freezer and then 
He's like, he's freaked out because his friend just popped out of freezer. And then all of a sudden, Leatherface just runs at him and just wham, mallet. So it all happens so fast. You have scare, scare, scare because you have the scare of the girl popping out of the cooler. Then you have the intensity of the reaction. And, the, and then you watching it, you react too of him being afraid. And then boom, then all of a sudden he's getting killed from behind by Leatherface. Yeah. And then going back to when we were talking about the setting and the scenery. You're right. Like, it should be called the Texas Mallet Massacre. Right. It probably what? just doesn't sound as good, but it's <laughs> it's really what it should be called. But going back to the setting and the scenery, you know, we, we didn't mention it quite yet. But, I mean, the house, like, there's a room that's just bones are scattered everywhere. Bones and feathers. Yeah. You've got, you know, all these wild animals making noises. You've got, you know, some of the rooms just look like a butcher house. You've got, like, bones just dangling from the ceiling. Like, it creates... A very terrifying scene. Like, it's what I think Craig's apartment probably looks like <laughs> if you're a fan of Craig WK and Noobs and Dragons. Yeah. Maybe one of his rooms. I've been to his apartment, but I haven't seen everywhere. Okay. So it would not surprise me yep. if, if some of that's true. He probably has a human head that he's using for a light, for all I know. <laughs> like, like we saw in the dining room in this movie. Yeah, it's just a face stretched over a lamp. Yeah, exactly. So then, then we're just left with uh, the siblings, Franklin or Frankie and uh, Sally, I believe is yeah, the girl's the, name. The crippled guy and, and Sally. Yeah. So he's he's rolling himself into the woods to see this where this other house is, and again, like just out of nowhere, like it was really well done. Like it just boom pops up. He's got the chainsaw and just pulverizes Man. poor Frankie. I thought Frankie was going to make it in the end. I thought we were going to be left with Frankie at the end. It's rough because he was the one anxious the whole time because when they yeah. picked up the hitchhiker, he's like, the hitchhiker's going to find me. The hitchhiker's going to murder me. Like, Franklin, yeah. I can sympathize with you because <laughs> if, a, if a hitchhiker, like, tr- stabbed me, like happened earlier in the car, I would be freaked out for years to come about that guy finding me and cutting me again. So it, it's real rough that our crippled friend uh, wasn't able to to live longer and he just got the chainsaw in the woods. But realistically, a lot of people with legs don't make it out of these movies. So <laughs> if, if you're if you got a roll to get away from uh, a crazy guy with a chainsaw, you're not getting away. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Sally, for some reason, thinks it's a smart idea to run into the house, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which then she sees the the destruction of this home. She runs upstairs and sees the grandparents that are just you know that that we thought were dead. We, we thought don't we're find dead. out till later that they're. I not. guess I think Grandma is dead because I think we see like skeletal. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But but Grandpa we did think was dead. But then you know obviously. You know, um, Leatherhead is in there. Face. Leatherface is in there. She jumps out of the window. And then it's just a whole scene of, like, running around, running around. She runs to the gas station. And that's when he kidnaps her. He ties her up, takes her back to the house. So Yeah, the, the gas station owner is yeah. like, oh, come on in. Everything's going to be fine. Here, have some of this. Indistinguishable barbecued meat. It's not people. And then all of a sudden he's like, I'm going to have to tie you up and put you in this truck. And then he beats the hell out of her with a broom. That's that's another highlight of the movie. Highlights. The two big highlights for me are Franklin just like, like, come on, guys. This sucks. Let's leave. They're going to murder us. Like he knew what was going on. And then this old this old hillbilly like, I'm just beating the hell out of you with a broom. You better calm down and just swinging the broom at her. It's great. And then, then he almost runs over, you know, the, the hitchhiker, which then we find out is his son. His son, and then they take it back to the original, you know, the the, the murder house. Because this is when you realize, make the connection. Yeah. This is when you make the connection that 
guy running the gas station, hitchhiking guy, and Leatherface are all in it together. That's where that's where the whole movie really sort of like hits that like oh dang kind of moment um, because you you have the build the whole time and you have the tension, but you don't know you know you you don't really know until that moment that they're all colluding. Yeah, and it was at this moment too that I'm thinking to myself, oh, I don't think anyone's gonna survive. Like I legit thought that um, everyone was 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 gonna die. So you know she they they wake her up because she passes out. She they keep talking about how they're gonna feed her dinner, and so they all end up at the dinner table. And this scene is also haunting and a little drawn out, as as you had mentioned when we were watching it. But it it does set a tone that like there's like. You know, the, the, the guys are making, like, pig noises and hog noises. And, and then she uses her, they use her finger, they cut her finger. And, and the dead grandpa, it's not really dead, is sucking on it. And, again, bones everywhere. And it's just, I, I think another thing that we haven't brought up yet is the camera work. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of, like, subliminal messaging kind of happening for a while. Like, there's a scene in the beginning of the movie where it's, like, showing those close-ups on, like, the cows and that's like kind of creepy because we're talking about butchering them and all that. But then here, it, it keeps on doing these like zoom ins on on their eyes and their faces and like the, these horrible people that have kidnapped her. You know, they, they're just ugly as hell. You know, they got no teeth and just you know, and they keep zooming in on that all that. So you're really like it does create that atmosphere that it's like, oh my god, this is hell. Like this is where this woman is, mm-hmm. and, and she's not getting out of it. Right, it's not gonna happen. So, we, we finally then get this scene where they want Grandpa to beat her over the head with the mallet to kill her. They got the, the bucket ready to go and everything. It's like a whole wash tub that they put yeah. down on the ground. And they wheel Grandpa over there and they're trying to put this hammer in his hand. And they're trying to like help him like move his arm to hit her over the head. And she's obviously trying to get away. And it's like this, like, it comes down to the realism again. If yeah. there's this, like decrepit old man who, who can barely move trying to wield a hammer that's what it would be like his family members trying to, it's it would be like trying to help grandpa like carve the turkey at thanksgiving when grandpa couldn't move like that's the way they're treating this is like it's a normal thing like come on grandpa hit her hit her and like they're trying to like and he keeps dropping the hammer and stuff it's crazy and again going back to sounds everyone is yelling yeah. and screaming it's chaos and, and it is like that's what's causing i think the the, the thrill, the nervousness of what's going on is like... Because I feel like in so many of these movies that we watch, there isn't that much. It's usually like one girl screaming. Yeah. You know? Like whether it's Jamie Lee Curtis or however it may be, you know, they're the ones screaming running away. But in this scene, everybody is yelling. Right? Like the like the three It's like an actual members. event at my family's house. <laughs> just everyone's screaming. Yeah, like the three of them are yelling at Grandpa like, kill her, kill her, kill her. My, meanwhile, she is screaming at the top of her lungs. So she finds a way to, to escape from the grasp. She jumps out a second window of this house. Um, she, she gets to this road and um, the semi comes up. She's being chased being by chased the hitchhiker. By, the, the, by the, the, brother, the brother that's not Leatherface. He's chasing her. Leatherface is quickly after. And he's running like a maniac. And she gets out. And then all of a sudden, semi truck. And she avoids the truck. And then you see the hitchhiking brother go. It's fucking destroyed. I mean, destroyed. Like, the body hits the wheel, and the other 
nine wheels on that side of the truck. Just, and you just see body just coming apart at the seams. It, it was, it, it's incredible. Like, they clearly threw some sort of very well done dummy yeah. through an 18 wheeler. Like, just watching, it wasn't like a boom and flying, like a cut. No, they show you this, like, body going under the wheels and being mangled. It's a really good shot that happens abruptly, and it was. Very fun. Like, that was one of the actual fun uh, scenes in the movie. Yeah, I thought it was just going to hit, get hit, like, square on. But, yeah. but, no, the wheels and everything got him. Yeah. So then, so then Leatherface is left, right? And, but, but the guy that runs over, the truck driver, he gets out, grabs the girl, puts her in the truck. Le- Leatherhead is, like, chainsawing the door, but it's not really working. So I'm like... Fucking drive off. You got an 18-wheeler. Just drive away. But no. They go out the other door, the passenger door. They're acting he, like it's a train. Like, it's not getting up to speed, yeah. guys. We're not getting out of here. Like, yeah. no, it's a semi-truck. He's got, like, some channel locks with them. You know, the fight back. So she's running. It's, it's and, a pipe wrench. But it's whatever. Okay. He's running. But he's this fat black guy. So he, he chucks them. Uh, Dude, it's incredible. Because we're like, we're like, listen, this isn't going to work out. Like, he's about to fight Leatherface with a wrench. And, like, you think they're going to, like, go at it and he's going to try and hit the chainsaw off his head? No. He just full-on whips it. And it's like a David and Goliath situation. And this this pipe wrench just goes, boom, and hits Leatherface square. And then he falls back. And you're like, that's an incredible, incredible comeback. And another, then a truck comes by. And it looks like the truck might run over people again, but but the pickup truck just kind of moves to the side. I thought it was going to keep going and leave the chick, but no, it does stop. The, the, the girl hops on. Again, still just screaming this entire time. Yeah. And she hops into the bed of the truck and drives off, and, and the movie ends. <laughs> we don't know what ever happens to the truck driver. Um Leatherhead is is dancing with the chainsaw. It's in an the iconic of the street. Scene. He's yeah. watching him whip that that chainsaw around. And and, and there we are. That's and then it's just an abrupt end, right? Oh there. yeah. And that's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, as verbalized from memory, <laughs> fifteen minutes after viewing it, in a chaotic, excited manner. Yeah, I'm exhausted. This was the sloppiest synopsis <laughs> ever, but that's how these that's how these uh, horror movie reviews go. That's exactly right. You're getting a real raw reaction off the cuff by us here. All right, we ready to to rate this guy? Okay. All right, am I going first or you? You always like to ask me to go first, but do you want me to go first here? It doesn't matter. I'll go first this time. All right, all right. So it's out of five machetes, right? Five machetes. I don't know. This one's like a two. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's a lot of really bad movies out there. There's also a reason that this isn't some franchise that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think the movie's a little too drawn out. I, I've mentioned before on these shows, and I, we talked about we were watching it. I think horror works really well in a short form, short story, um, yeah. hour, half hour format. There's some stories that stretched out over an hour and a half lo- lose the the mystery, and this movie does. Um, it this movie would have been better if it was 20 minutes shorter. And it's only a, it's only a ninety minute movie. It's not a long film, um, and so I, you know, it doesn't make any sort of connection with me. I'm not necessarily someone that watches the movie for violence for the sake of violence, and this is really closer to that. Um, I don't have any connection to the character Leatherface or any affinity. I didn't grow any affinity affinity for, affinity for any characters that weren't my man Franklin in the wheelchair. <laughs> so like. 
for the fact that this movie does such an amazing job creating atmosphere, creating discomfort. Um, the the set design is really good. Um, the sound design is really good. Like there's a lot of great aspects about this that make this an influential horror movie. But it's not necessarily one I enjoy all that much. So two out of five. Yeah, I'm happy you went first because I I'm still I don't know what to do here. Okay. I mean it. It was slow. And you're right. It was too long for for what it was doing. So it's going to get knocked down for that. But I don't know if a horror movie that we've watched so far, like in all the years we've been doing this now, has riled me up so much. That's true. So I feel like in in driving the point home of thrill and being uncomfortable and unsettledness, like this movie tops any other movie we've seen. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, where do I go then for a rating? So I think maybe I'll just split the difference and say, like, two and a half machetes. Okay. Because I feel like the the issues that you mentioned, I I totally agree with. But then it also did everything that I thought a horror movie should do. And at the same time, like, it it has me shaken. Mm -hmm. Which is what I was always hoping for a little bit when when it came to doing these movies. So, like, I've got to give it that credit as well. This movie's better at being a horror movie than it is at necessarily being a like a movie. Like the story wise, that's a great way to say it. It's, yeah. it's, it's a better it's better as a like sliver of cinema at executing, invoking emotion than it is necessarily even telling a story. Yeah, yeah, because there there is like no real story to this at all. Not not really. It's no, kid, kids get wander into a house and get murdered. Yeah. You know, and there's not really resolution there. No. You know, there's not, you know, it's it's 50 minutes, like we said, of setup. It's it's seeing some horrific acts. It's tension building. The, uh, the atmosphere sets this horrific scene. Yeah. So it does that. But yeah, I think I'm going to say two and a half machetes. I'll give it slightly higher than you just because of, of how I've reacted to the film. Yeah. So whew, I'm happy it's done. Yeah, I don't really think I want to see any of these other ones. I, I I guess it sounds like the ones you've seen you haven't particularly cared for either. Though I have seen the 2003 remake with Jessica Biel, which that's the only one of these films I own. And mm-hmm. actually, like in in my mind, I haven't watched it in some years. I enjoy that one enough. You know, okay. it's um, it maybe doesn't do as good of a job at being grotesque like again there's there's also something about the grittiness of this being produced in the 70s mm-hmm. uh where the one in 2003 is obviously cleaner uh but the the one in 2007 is much more dark and atmospheric in that way and obviously like the violence is amped up for the early 2000s mm-hmm. um i've seen texas chainsaw massacre the beginning which came out in like 2006 which was the follow-up to the two, 2003 one Eh, okay, it has a few okay parts, but nothing memorable. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D, which is the second newest one, was awful. Um, and I won't spoil it, but the, the the climax and twist of the movie is atrocious. Uh, but again, if it's on streaming or whatever, it doesn't cost you anything different. Go ahead and watch it and have a laugh. But um, it's just it's not a franchise I have any special place in my heart for. You know. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Well, with that. I think we we're all finished with this one. Um, again, this is Nightmare on Last Action Podcast. Um, Deadite, 
Uh, we're part of the GameZilla Media Network. What is it that you do with GameZilla? I'm a member of the GameZilla Podcast. We're live twitch.tv slash GameZilla Media every Monday night. Of course, you can listen to us on all the same podcasting platforms that you listen to the Last Action Podcast. Um, and yeah, get in our Discord, hang out with us. Please support us at Patreon, patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. And, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's talk about some movies and video games and stuff. Absolutely. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, this last action podcast has been uh, terminated and macheted. <laughs>